0: All right. Hello everybody. Hello, welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm Dennis. I'm Sam. Welcome back. We've been off a couple of weeks. How you doing, Sam? We did. We took a little week break there. Yeah. Um I'm good. Uh a little over a week, I guess. Um you know, certainly feeling better, which is which is nice. Uh it's been busy around here between, you know, Daddy daycare and uh, um, rehearsals. Um, the show is now in previews, and mm-hmm. um, Lifeline for their understudies. They have this thing where you, you have to attend all the preview performances. Um, mm, yep. So a lot of theaters, you know, it might only be like one a week um, or that sort of thing. But you have to attend all tech rehearsals and all preview performances. So it's it's basically like I'm in tech and previews, which which is mm-hmm, great. Sure. I, I mean, I love yeah. being there, but it has certainly added a lot uh, of extra extra hours to my day um but it's good yeah i mean i i, I can't complain uh, sure great
1: yeah, yeah. And we're doing good we had family in town visiting my uh wife's sister was in town visiting for a week uh which was a lot of fun uh kind of sad at the end because uh harrison our five-year-old like he really really adores amelia yeah and he was he was like sad three days before she left oh no <laughs> Oh, that sh- that she was going to be leaving um, And actually like, like The night after we dropped her off like We were like doing bedtime together And, and we were talking I can't remember what he said But he, he said something about Missing her and, and, his, and his heart being sad Or something And I was like Well you know it's okay Like you know, you know It's okay to be a little heartbroken Like when someone you miss leaves Or something or whatever And he said My heart isn't broken It's just not fixed yet Oh, Like I gotta write that down
0: Yeah man yeah. Uh,
1: and then that's, we didn't that's
0: get a great, great lyric.
1: Yeah. But then we didn't record earlier this week because uh, my wife, Betsy, she was under the weather. Uh, so, uh, so yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, we're coming at so, you a little
1: late, a little late. So we're coming, coming at you a little late, but we're coming at you this week. Oh, no. With how the tests was what. I can already tell from our text messages this is going to be a fun this is going to be a fun conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh uh we'll 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 get into it all later, but uh, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I think that this will be um, potentially one of the more interesting ones that we've that we've had thus far, you know, with mm-hmm. with the journey through the first season. So, uh but before we get to that, we certainly want to take a moment to uh, thank our supporters. Um because yes. we have a new supporter this week. Um and I'll just give give him a shout-out. Uh, he's a very dear friend of mine uh, who was actually a groomsman in my wedding. I've mentioned him on the podcast numerous times before. Um, just a brilliant guy, full of heart, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being, and that is my friend Christopher Redmond. So, Chris, thank you so much for the support, uh, your comments, uh, you know, on a pretty much a weekly basis uh, about something that you've heard, something that tickled you, or something that inspired you. Uh, I've always been... Um, just an incredible piece of support that has carried me through on this journey, that is for sure. And, of course, our conversations on myriad topics that have nothing to do with Quantum Leap or the podcast uh, have been a source of endless enjoyment as well. So um, I, I, I know him, so I can give him that that that, that tribute, that shout-out. Sure. Um, we don't know our other supporters quite as well, but Dennis... Uh-huh. Why don't you drop their names at the very Our least? And give them managers, a big thanks. Yeah, Audra Ashley
1: and Dana Abuse. Thank you so much. I think Audra is a relatively newer listener. Dana, I think that's she so. has been with us from the beginning. Yeah, uh, five
0: five years coming up. I mean, at this point, we know each other. So and the, yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at least uh, she knows us. Uh- <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Thank Otherhouse. you both
1: so very yes. much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, other housekeeping. Find us on the web, fateswidewheel.com. Last episode I said I was going to set up a new email, wide Wheel at Gmail. Well, it turns out, Sam, you know what? What? Someone, someone took that email. You gotta be kidding me. So we are Fateswide podcast at gmail.com. We'll put it in the show notes. If you have sent us an email to that other one, so sorry, somebody else got that email. They're going to hold if it they ransom. Were, if, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. One thing, well, we'll talk about it more at the end of the episode. We're going to start including a listener mail. Yes. Uh, in, into our episodes. And I, and I would say just for uh, for the sake of clarity, because we do get a lot of comments on our other things. We'll just say if you want to send us a piece of mail that you want us to read on the air and interact with, we're going to direct you, send it to our email so there's no confusion over are you commenting just a comment on social media or do you want to interact with us?
0: Yeah. Plus, and, you know, to be completely frank, it's a lot easier to pull up an email uh, than it is to go search through comments off of a you know of a thread. So absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm I'm not always the best host when it comes to being able to recall you know names and the specifics of what was said. So there have been numerous sure. times where I've been like. A listener said somebody. um, Yeah. 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 uh, And I would love to be able to give, you know, full credit where where it is due. So uh, please, yeah, send us those emails. Uh, And certainly I know Dennis wants to I mean, I want to as well. But it was Dennis's idea to uh, have uh, an audio component to that as well so that you can send us audio messages. And we have a couple, uh, I believe that we that we certainly want to integrate into the podcast. We just haven't necessarily found the right way necessarily to do that. We have one that we're definitely going to share with you. Sure, um, probably not this week, but maybe perhaps next week, uh, and then uh, we'll we'll kind of continue uh, to do that uh, as as we have the time because you know we do want to try to for now keep mm-hmm. our episodes a little shorter. Uh, you know, once once the pilot comes out and the new episodes start dropping, we'll we'll, we'll probably push two hours again. You never know. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> you know,
1: we're gonna have to figure out how that works because I know we're gonna. Oh, I, we're going to go on a tangent, and the point of these episodes are to keep this short. So we'll we'll right. I, I, because I, I got excited earlier because I just started thinking that we're one thing that we're gonna have to start talking about when the new series comes on is how we talk about spoilers on our social media.
0: Ooh, yes, very good point. Like,
1: how much time do we give people to watch the episode before we just fully? Poof.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that obviously the podcast is, is, is going to be, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like total spoilers, but, but yeah, channels, when it comes yeah. to the social media channels, yeah, you know, I certainly, I, I would, I would like to maybe give people a little bit of time. Um, it also depends, I suppose, on exactly how the show was airing. I mean, it does indeed seem that it's full on NBC, not, you know, not sure. Peacock, which is something that we've already talked about and alluded to before. Uh, and in that instance, it feels like it's more like, you know, live destination television. So I certainly when it comes to the pilot, I, I, I would imagine that we'll do a, a bit of a tweet along, you know, a live tweet of the of the pilot. I can't imagine that we're going to not. You know that we're going to wait oh God, yeah. to talk about it. So we'll we'll probably live tweet the pilot. But of course, that's all. That's all. in the future. In the future. <clears throat> so yeah. So uh,
1: speaking of uh, new series, new news. Um, nothing that came uh, kind of semi-direct channels. A uh, shout out to the Quantum Leap podcast. I'm sure yes. you've seen they had an interview with uh, Deborah Pratt deborah (laughs) deborah pratt from the original series she wasn't able to give a a whole lot of information obviously but she did drop a couple of nuggets that one like you said she is convinced that this is going to be nbc not peacock and uh two they finished editing the pilot over the weekend and sent it off to the network
0: yeah which is pretty fast yeah I mean, that's a couple weeks, you know, I mean, and, mm-hmm. and, and not that that's unheard of by any stretch or anything like that. But when you've got a pilot, when you're assembling a lot of footage, when you're, you know, kind of striking that tone and everything. I mean, that's to me what that says is is you've got, a, a, you know, a director and editor and producers that have their shit together that mm-hmm. know exactly what they want from this, that, you know, that they were able to go in. And again, based off of, of, of what we already know and what we saw coming out of production and everything, it does seem like that is, yes, the case that they knew exactly what they wanted, that they were able to do it, put it together. And get it out there. I think one of the things that this also tells us is that there's a very, very good chance that you know we could have a better idea about series pickup by late May, as opposed to having to wait until you know late sure. summer, early fall. Um, so we'll we'll see. You know, fingers yeah. crossed.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. It's going to get absolutely.
0: I, I if I'm I, a betting I, man, I, I'm you know, I
1: have very little doubt. Yeah very little doubt bracing myself for that for that one percent but other than that very little doubt right. anyway uh so with that uh go ahead uh, go i should say yeah go listen to the entire yes their entire episode it doesn't look like they have it on streaming yet but it is on youtube and it is on their website um uh, but that being said with that do you want to
0: introduce us to our oh, yes. our new scoring system and for those play, for those playing along at home Uh, so our mission is to rank the show on a scale of one to 10 based on five different categories, writing, directing, acting, production values, and mythology. Each category is weighted based on importance... That's, you know, our perceived importance of them. Uh, Writing, directing, and acting are each worth 25% of the average. Production values are 15%, and mythology is 10%. Our original reviews sought to stimulate discussion and contextualize the episode based on when it was set, when it aired, and when our discussion took place. Of course, we also provided background information and our personal opinions of each episode and lots of tangents. We're proud of those reviews, and of course, they will continue to be available for listeners in our archive. Meanwhile, we wanted the opportunity to revisit the episodes with only our opinion of the categories above, giving listeners a compact rating of each episode of the Classic Series in the lead-up to the premiere of the new series in fall of 2022. Have our opinions changed for the better, for the worse? Will this new rubric yield results that surprise even us? Let's find out. Dennis, how the test was won. How the test
1: was won. We're going to IMDb this time with user Gary KMCD. It seems like he's written a lot of great uh, sum-ups here. How the test was won, Sam leaps into the body of a Texas veterinarian, Dr. Daniel Young, who carries a torch for a young, for a local ranch owner's daughter, Tess McGill. She has a stubborn streak and refuses to marry any man who is unable to out-ranch her. She makes a bet with her dad that she will give Young one week to prove he could be a better rancher than she is, and if he does, she will marry him. Young's helper at the veterinary practice, who we'll get to, proves to be a bit of a surprise
0: indeed uh all right episode was written by deborah akalian and uh, directed by ivan dixon i just wanted to throw that out there i know we haven't really necessarily been doing that with the previous episodes but sure um figure want to give give credit where credit is due absolutely Um, so let's dive into the the first one on our list the writing what did we think of the writing of this episode all right, here's the, here's the thing that I'm going to say overall.
1: This episode is sexist as crap. <laughs> this episode would not even come close to being produced in 2022, at least not with some uh, more scathing commentary on the plot of the episode sure. itself. That being said, I really had a fun time watching it. I enjoyed it. I laughed out loud a lot. I forgot a lot of the comedy bits in the episode. I have not watched this episode since we reviewed it originally back in 2017. And our friend uh Claire Feeney, shout out. She was uh she was our guest on that episode, mm-hmm. and we had a fun conversation there. So I haven't watched it since then. And Same here. yeah. Um I really enjoyed it. I think it may be important to note that. When we were reviewing the first season, that's just when the Me Too movement was starting. Back in the fall of 2017. Yeah. And that colored a lot of of everything, like every conversation that we were having in pop culture. But I know it colored a lot of our discussions in those early episodes. And I can't remember if it started yet or not when when we dropped this episode, but it was right... It was right around that time.
0: Yeah, I think it would have been shortly after because I feel like it really didn't start ramping up until about November. And, sure, and we would have, and this episode would have dropped probably in like late September, somewhere September, around there. Yeah. yeah, just based off of when we started recording. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, uh, my response to that would be that um, on one hand. Um, I completely agree with, with a lot of what you said. I think that it would be interesting to see the type of commentary Mm -hmm. that would be made. I think that Sam would uh, react to some of the situations very differently and not even if the show was being produced in 2022, Mm -hmm. but even by season two or three, Mm -hmm. Sam would be reacting very differently to some of these situations, the way the character was written. Sure. Um, Now I can make up a headcanon, Excuse for that being, you know, that after he was, he leapt into Samantha Stormer, that that changed his view on some things and, 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 you know, moved him forward, if you will. But even then, I just feel like there's certain, there's the, the problem, the, one of the biggest problems that I have with this episode is that it is very bland, perfunctory, and, and very much just endemic of 1980s television. This is a Magnum PI episode. You know what I mean? Not not literally. Obviously, there are huge differences, but that's but it's but it's that style. And and so Sam has to be that kind of man. And I, I feel like for for me, the episode just it's just average. It's not a bad episode, but it's certainly not a good episode. That's where I where I kind of felt overall. And when the writing, I feel like, is very much indicative of that. There's a couple of good moments. There's a couple of good twists. The best, you know, the best twist in the entire script comes at the poker game um, when it turns out mm-hmm. that you know um, Marshall Teague's character is is dealing the best hand to Tess. Um, I, I, you know, I think that that's a really nice twist. Um, other than that, it's just. You know, it's your standard fare, and there's nothing wrong with your standard fare. I mean, I'm a guy who has enjoyed many an episode of Murder She Wrote in in the middle of the night when I can't sleep. You know, and you don't get much more standard fare than Murder She Wrote. Now, Angela Lansbury is amazing and awesome and wonderful, and I could watch her do anything. But sure. you know, when it comes to the script, like it's you know, it, it is what it is. So I, I I just think that the writing to me was not it was not incredibly strong. Um, it didn't. It didn't say anything. It didn't really move anything forward. Um, I, I will say that when it comes to the mythology, there were some interesting bits and bobbles that got dropped, especially about Al being able to, you know, see, uh, be seen rather by animals. Um, the the stuff with Gushy and Tina and that sort of stuff. But even then, the way that a lot of that was written. Just feels like okay, you know, you're doing this because you needed to do something. It doesn't. It it it, it just it, yeah, it just falls flat for me in, in a lot of places. Um, you know, the humor over over buddy. Uh, and, and not, you know, Sam not knowing his name and just kind of like, you know, the reactions that are given or whatever to me, it's written well enough, but what sells it more than anything I think is, is, is the acting. So I gave a little bit more credit to the acting on that than I did the writing. Um, overall, I, I, again, I felt like this was just a fairly middling episode in a lot of ways. So I went ahead and just gave it a five. Okay. I gave it a six out of 10. Now, one thing I, I, I did enjoy about the writing, uh,
1: I love the one-liners, just throughout. I can forget like, like the just like the one, especially with, like you know with, like Sam and Al, and like at the poker game, like like the the comments about about the bowl. Like you know, half of them just stamp. You know, I can't remember like half of them stand back and just admire the work. I can't remember like what the exact line was, but it's just like I've always enjoyed. <clears throat> I've always enjoyed that line. Sure, um, enjoyed it so well. I can't remember it right now off the top of my head, apparently. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I, I also like how. The the narration over this episode, Sam talks about how like every time he leaps in, he has to do a song and dance about you know figure out like you know, who he is and like where he lives and everything. And I did appreciate that. And I had forgotten how many times they come back to the bit of how he can't remember Buddy's name throughout. Like he keeps saying "Pard," and it turns out "Pard" is the dog's dog's name. name yeah. And how like he just mentioned like he has to call he he just calls Buddy Boy the boy. And uh, the one part of the episode where he has to take Tess back after she has heat exhaustion. Yeah, I just yeah. like those bits about it.
0: No, and I, you know what, I, 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 I agree with you on that, and 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 I think that the there are some. There are some highs to this, you know. I think, like I said, the poker game, Sam's narration overall, like the the line that he has about um, Wayne dancing as well as he did when he was like in kindergarten or whatever. Oh God, I love uh, that part. Yeah, you know that that's really nice. The problem with it is. I and it's funny because as I was watching the episode, I was like, you know, I'm I kind of forget exactly how Wayne gets together with Tess. There's got to be something that happens and whatever. And then and then when it happens, and it's like, no, this is not good. This is not. I'm sorry. There's nothing to me about this that is interesting or feels good about the idea of you know. The doc gives her uh, all these things that he's written for her uh, because he's been in love with her and too afraid to say it. And then Wayne shows up and does the same damn thing. And she chooses Wayne because he's hunkier than the doc is. It's like, give me a break, you know? Yeah. So so, I, so it's one of those things where ultimately I, I end up enjoying bits of it. But when I think about the whole, it doesn't hang together sure. well enough for me to say, you know, this deserves a six or a seven or, or higher, you know? Sure. Totally understand
1: that. Yeah. The episode, I can justify like a lot of stuff, like even the, you know, like the whole like sexist nature of it, but everything. Yeah. When we get to <laughs> the end and Wayne just swoops in and basically it just comes down, he's hunkier.
0: Right. And Al even has that thing. It's like, you didn't have a lot to work with, Sam, you know? It's I, like, yeah.
1: Also, and you have. about, uh, I put it on Twitter that we're recording tonight, and one of our longtime listeners, uh, Larry Trujillo, I yes. apologize if I'm butchering your last name. Um, uh, was it him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So he puts out, yeah, what's up with Doc wearing glasses in the mirror mm-hmm. and, and whatever. Uh, and the one comment I will make about that is like, yes, that is very out of, uh, uh, out of line with what they did later on in the series. But I will say for that far, it was actually pretty in line. Um, It doesn't bug me. Like in a couple of episodes, he's going to leap into cam and cam has braces. Right. And Sam doesn't have braces on his teeth. And when you think about the broader thing of, you know, a lot of times like Sam leaps into a woman, but sometimes they style Sam's hair accordingly. And sometimes they don't. So,
0: I sometimes he that. wears makeup, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. And
1: you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's less of a stretch because, like, at this point, they hadn't made it clear whether or not it was Sam's body leaping or Sam's mind leaping. Right. And so, if Sam's body's leaping and he's putting on glasses, that creates a thing of like, well, if he has 20 20 eyesight and he puts on a pair of glasses, what happens?
0: Yeah. Wait, I don't know. But doesn't he put on glasses in StarCrossed?
1: He does. Yeah. He just put
0: on reading glasses, yeah. So there. Yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> Anyway, we're getting yeah. way off on a tangent here, right? We're, right, yeah. but 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 I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. but, it but it but it is it is something worth noting, and I think we did talk a little bit more about it in our original episode, um, you know, sure. and 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 we didn't again, frankly, we didn't really come to any solid conclusion because one of the things that we did even originally, and I think we kind of continue to do somewhat, is give the first season a couple of passes, you know, like even like with the out of character stuff for Sam here, I'm kind of just chalking it up to be like, okay, they're still figuring things out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, to me, it's one of those things where it's like I can excuse some things, but I, but there are other things I'd rather not excuse. And to me, if it, and I know that this is not the way that it often happens, especially in the 80s and, you know, in early 90s. If you go back and you look at television, it, it, there are a lot of programs out there that took a while to find their footing. I recently was watching the first season of The X-Files, and there are some great episodes in that first season. There are also some episodes where you're just sort of like, what in the hell is happening? Sure. Like, the acting f- feels off the writing is terrible the the lighting is weird like it's just like what what show were they making it's like all of a sudden it feels like a soap opera with Dana at a you know birthday party for a friend and it's like what the hell is going on here and even though they would toy with a lot of stuff later on in the series it just didn't didn't fit anyway sure. we're getting way off topic we're way off topic so. <laughs> i'm going to but the thing is like as
1: far as the writing concerned this is why i originally brought back like the the standing in the mirror looking at the glasses i could more buy that Sam's not wearing glasses, but the reflection is. Hmm. Are you telling me that Sam was there for a week plus <laughs> and didn't look in the mirror? Right. Because that's right. what that scene is yes. implying.
0: Yes, yes, right. I'm glad you brought it up because that was something else that I was thinking about as well. And yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he showered, he took baths. He, you know, what's what, any any normal human when you get out of the bath or whatever. The mirror is there. You go to the bathroom, you wash your hands. The mirror is there, you know, Um, especially when I know when I look in the mirror, I'm not going to see me. Yeah. Right. I'm going to be a little curious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Directing, it is what it is. anyway. Directing. Here we go yeah. again. I felt like this was fairly paint by numbers. There wasn't anything that stood out to me. I appreciate the fact, obviously, that um, you know they were dealing with like real live animals and had to do some horse stuff and that sort of thing. But there, are, again, there's some just there's some weird there. There's some weird like where they zoom in on the image as opposed to the camera actually zooming in. There's some weird like odd, almost like slow motion bits that aren't intentional that they're done because like the, you know, they, they, they captured footage and didn't have enough. So they slowed it down. You know, the, the play of the time. Overall, I feel like this is married a little bit to production values overall. I just, again, I felt like the direction was fairly middle of the road. Nothing really stood out to me. So I gave it a five. Mm. Damn, you brought up some good points. I want to adjust my score. Do I want to adjust my score? <laughs>
1: Sure. I'm gonna adjust my score. I uh I'm gonna knock it down to, to a six. I had it at an eight, yeah. but yes, you brought up a lot of good points. Uh yeah, there were a lot of bits like where like they, they zoomed in or they slowed down. Like there's there's one particular cowboy in the beginning yep, scene. That's... Yeah, where it's yeah. like, what? That like you never see that character again. Why did you just give him this? Yeah, slow mo intro. Yeah,
0: and, and and there are a couple of scenes too with Tess and her father that I just I, I missed out on the intimacy of those scenes, which I feel like could have really lent itself to the story. Well, had we had. You know, quite frankly, some better direction. You know, some close-ups, some you, you know. And, and I get it. You're working. You know, you've got a schedule. You've got you know all this sort of stuff. You might not have had time to to get the coverage on both shots or whatever. But but ultimately, yeah, it just felt a little like it, if it did, it just felt a little bit lazy. Maybe sure. And that's and, and and I hate to use that because it's a very judgmental word, and I don't want to judge the director. You know that they were being lazy because uh, again, maybe there were time constraints or, or, or whatnot. But it nothing about it felt a you know, above the bar to me felt like they gotcha. just went in, they got their paycheck and they, they went home.
1: I gotcha. That totally makes sense. Now that being said, and I'm going to put this over in the production instead of directing, we'll get more into it there, but this is just a beautiful episode as far as like when they do the outdoor shots. Yeah. They have, they have far more expansive outdoor shots, especially in the, in the, in the cattle lassoing scene. Right. Uh, where you just get a lot more, aware. especially like in the later se- uh, later seasons, you didn't get outdoor shots
0: like that. The lo- yeah. The much. location, the location shooting is, 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 is nice. I, I will agree with that. But you know, again, going back to the directing, even then it feels like there's some of the location shots that just feel a little bit wasted. Like when they're doing the fence posts and everything, it just becomes about Sam being shirtless and Tess passing out, which is fine. That's a part of the story, but you, could have maybe told it in a way that was a little bit more aesthetically pleasing, considering you're outdoors and they're actually doing these things. You know? Scott Bakula is not wearing a shirt. Larry Ganey had something to say about that. <laughs> Larry Ganey had something to say. How much more aesthetic? Larry Ganey's pleasing. wife had something. Larry Ganey's about wife that. had something to say about that. Hey, you know,
1: I'm I'm secure in my masculinity. I could say. Scott Bakula is a handsome man. But anyway.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, no, hey, I get it, man. You put a sweat on I, a dude and, you know, yeah. You <laughs> what you're saying. You know, but yes. Yeah. He looks healthy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I knocked mine down to six out of ten. So there we okay. go. Uh, there we acting. Go. Um, so here's something that's strange about this. There are moments of this episode that I really do enjoy. Um, some acting bits that I enjoy. I enjoy Marshall Teague's Wayne um, quite a bit more um, than I even anticipated. I think Marshall Teague is one of those guys that, y- you know, he's been in a lot of things, you've seen him in a lot of things, and he always does a really good job. Um, he certainly kind of raises the level a little bit here for me compared to some of the other folks, because the other folks I just feel like are mostly doing caricatures and even tests to a degree. And I think that one of the things that kind of the episode falls flat for me is that I never and this is partly the writing, partly the directing, but I also think it's the acting. I never understand why she chooses Wayne. And I never really understand what she gets from those letters that she doesn't get from Sam's diary. Do you know what I mean? Like I never, Mm -hmm. like if I'm supposed to believe that the only reason she chooses Wayne is because he's hunkier, you know, or whatever, I just, then I don't care about these people because i feel like that's a really shallow reason like there's got to be more to it than that and i never and that never comes across but is that the actor's fault not entirely because, because but I, don't I do th- put th-
1: some blame on their shoulders yes I, I i don't think they were given anything in the material at, at any point in the episode to show that uh, Tess and Wayne had any sort of affection to each other beyond a working relationship like you you knew that they had worked together for a long time and that they knew each other really well yeah and there's something maybe more like that they could have worked in there just like with not like non-verbal stuff but there was very little in the dialogue to give them a chance to like telegraph like oh of course of course they're going to get together
0: so here's what I, here's what I will say to that. Again, I do feel like this is, and and the reason why I saved to talk about it till now is because I do think it's the acting as well as the writing and directing. And it's the reason why the writing and the directing ended up getting, you know, fives. I never get to see Tess's choice. You know, this whole episode has been about Tess's choice and I never see her make a choice. She has no agency. She has, you know, it's, it's one thing to ask Wayne for the dance it's another thing to never actually... You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's never a moment... I never get a moment where I can connect with the character, whether it's dialogue or or or, or, or direction or an acting moment where she makes the choice. I never get to see that. And as mm-hmm. a viewer, I feel like that robs me of the point. Sure. Now, I could certainly argue that the point of the episode has nothing to do with any of that, and it's all been smoke and mirrors, and the real story here is Buddy. But that also that also kind of pisses me off because the bait and switch also isn't powerful enough to really pull me through. So sure. ultimately, all that said, I felt like, you know, I, I feel like Dean is great here. I feel like Scott does well with what he's given, but I also don't think he's necessarily given a lot. I, I Again, I, it's not a bad episode. It's not a great episode. I gave it a six. Great. Fair
1: enough. I will say, one thing I always like about this episode, and they do this with the early a couple of the early episodes, is that – as soon as Sam leaps in and we get him established, they almost immediately go to other characters and they set up the story. And that's okay. what they do with this one. Like almost like, Oh, he's, you know, he's in, he's holding the pig. He's muddy. He's making an ass of himself. Almost immediately. They go over to, uh, I can't remember the character's name, uh, the ranch owner, Lance, uh, the actor's name, uh, to dad. They jump over to dad and Tess, like setting up uh, chance. That's his name. They jump over to chance and Tess, setting up the events of the episode. If someone can outranch Tess for a week, she's going to marry him, whatever. But then at the end, when she's dancing, they take away her agency. We don't get to see her make the choice. They make the end of the episode of being about, oh, Sam was actually starting to fall for Tess. And now he has to lose her. Right. And they kind of like, yeah, they kind of do a switch. And, you know, if you're only going to watch this episode once, like they menaced to back in 1989. (laughs) Sure. That works. Right. uh, Right. But it does not hold up. And I remember we had uh, we had a long discussion about this in our original review. To me, I have never thought that this entire episode was about Buddy Holly. Yeah. I have always thought like, oh, that was just a nice little
0: nugget at the end. Think of when Sam leaves. <laughs> it's see and yeah. that's, and that's the thing because it, and and again the show would certainly play with exactly when he leaps you know later on in the series but you look at star crossed he doesn't leap when he reunites Donna and her dad he leaps when you know what's her face and what's his face kiss
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, face and yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, and and in here you know he leaps after he gives buddy holly the lyric. So it's you know it is it's one of those things where you just kind of like it's the same thing in an, in an episode that is wonderful uh but in um so help me god uh you know he leaps when he gives her the book. Um you know because that's the thing that's important. So it, yeah. so I think so it, you know people can certainly make up their own mind but for me personally it does kind of feel like that's the the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Um which actually lends itself into a mythology thing that we'll get to in a second. So, so let's go to production values real quick. You know, production sure. <laughs> values on this episode, I think, are great. I think that you know that they do a good job. Um, but there's also nothing too incredibly remarkable about it. Th- that said, they you know they've got horses, they got pigs, they got you know they had to do some stuffs uh, here. So, um, and as you mentioned, the location shooting and all that sort of stuff. So, I- I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play it safe, and I'm gonna go ahead and give it a seven. So, uh, all right because I did feel like uh yeah I felt like that was that was something they did well here. I gave it a 9.5. Oh wow. I'm breaking okay. the rules. I don't, I don't know if i don't ever did that. we ever did We've not. Like like I said, think like, that's totally like, fine. Yeah,
1: like like all of like I said all of the outdoor stuff. For me for like television on a budget especially for our season, uh I give it a thing. I knock it the point 0.5 because the one brief scene towards the end of the episode where they show Chance and Tess on the porch of the house. They are obviously shooting in two different locations.
0: Yes. Yes. And
1: because I've seen episodes over and over again, I know that that's the standard house set that they use. Right. That's the house set from, uh, from the leap back where they have the conversation about how to mail the letter back or how to mail the letter forward to Gushy. That's the house set from the one scene in the third part of trilogy. That's the porch. Yeah. That's their standard porch set that they use. Sure. Uh, and I could tell like those two things were being shot at two different places. Um, and if you're a long time listener of the podcast, you know, I, I, I love being able to point out like yeah, that's, that's when they when, they, when they, when they reuse the set, say, hey, I'm, I'm a nerd, but Hey, welcome to Fates Wide Wheel. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> at, this, at this point. Um, yeah. If you, if you didn't already know that, mm. um, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I can understand why why you went higher with it. And I and I think that that's totally yeah, I I I don't I don't have any huge quibbles with that. I think for me again the 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 thing that just stands out is that it's fairly unremarkable, you know, in all in, in all ways. So for me when I want, you know, when and we'll get to the episode, so I don't want to necessarily spoil anything, but I certainly have episodes in mind that are going to get a nine or possibly a 10 when it comes to production values, you know? And for me, how the test was one just isn't quite it. Um, Let's go into mythology. This is an interesting category for this episode because this in my mind is one of the first episodes where we don't really get Uh, I mean, you could right hand of God, there's not a ton of stuff, but there is some good Al stuff. And there's some moments between Al and Sam in particular that I feel like lend itself to the overall, you know, kind of arc, if you will, of of the show. Uh, if, if you can even say that quadibly has, has an arc, I mean, we're certainly reading into things, but, um, There are there are some 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 things, you know, that pop out, obviously, Al being seen by the animals, Um, the the conversation about Tina and Gushy, as as we talked about previously. Um, I do feel like there is some some layering that that comes into play here, Uh, but it's not a a ton. I might be I might even be generous by doing this, but I ended up going with a five.
1: (laughs) I respectfully disagree, sir. Oh, okay. I gave it a nine. Wow. Because we get we get a lot. Of, I mean, as far as the character of Al goes, we get a lot.
0: Yeah, that's between fair. Between
1: Al, Tina, and Gushy, because the love triangle between those three comes back and forth, not just only in the series, but through the novels as well. I mean, you raise a really good point. And just because of that, I gave it a night because to me, like, that's like a huge part of the, like the Al Tina gushy saga.
0: I'll be damned. I think you have me. I think I'm going to change my score. All right. You've swayed me.
1: You've swayed me. That's right. I brought yours up. You brought mine way down. So, uh, I
0: I think I, I feel like, um, I'm not going to bump it up to, I think I'm just going to bump it up to a six, but I think it mm-hmm. deserves to be bumped up above what I had it at. Um, sure. because you're right. I mean, those are, those are really, really good points. And I think that the information in particular that we get about Tina and Gushy is almost more valuable than the information that we get about Al, um, to a degree, because it you know, when, when you've got, um, you've got characters that we never see, you know, at, at least not much, mm-hmm. uh, it's almost more important to get that information about them and it adds more texture to the show. Uh, And, and, and clearly with the, 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 the revival, we're going to see a lot of these people on a regular basis. You know, we're going to see that home team every episode. Um, Whereas in the original series, you know, we saw, saw them like not even half a dozen times. Um mm-hmm. so uh I think when you do hear mention of them, when you do get stories about them, it does add a lot of texture, a lot of layers to the to the mythology, if you will. And and I think that yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that. Um I'm not gonna like I said it's not enough to sway me too much higher, I suppose, right now, but maybe I'll rethink that. Uh that said, um overall when I think about this episode, it 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 just it is, you know, and it's not a bad episode by any stretch, you know, it's not going to drop below uh, a five for me, it's not going to be under 50%. Anytime you can be above 50% that says you did something right, you know, maybe not a lot, maybe, you know, you're just a serviceable episode. But there's nothing about this episode that makes me say I don't ever want to watch it again, or it would be best left forgotten uh, as an episode of Quantum Leap or whatever. Um So, uh, yeah, it's certainly not my favorite episode of the first season. I don't think it's going to rank very high when it comes to uh, how I feel about the overall first season. Uh, I don't think that it's going to, well, maybe it'll be last. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But it's, but, but yeah, again, it's just an episode that is there. It, to me, there's a lot about this episode that feels very familiar in terms of, this is how you write an episode of television in 1989. And, and, and that, and to me, that's not a good thing. Um, you know, I, if I'm going to, if I'm going to rate something high using our scale, I want it to, I want it to kind of do something, you know, I want it to move me. I want it to move the characters. I want it to engage me. And this episode does not do those things. I do want to talk about Buddy Holly real quick before, before we, you know, get my final score here. Uh, You know, the kiss with history is something that that has already been established. You know, we've already gotten a couple of moments with, you know, a a kiss with history in one way or another. Um, And this is the first kiss with history that is overtly, like, 100% direct. The kisses with history we've had before have not been this direct. We'll get more kisses with history that are kind of like this. But this is this is the one that really just cuts right to the Sam is interacting with someone who is incredibly famous and he is actually changing the course of their life. You know, when he he interacts with Michael Jackson or Bill Clinton or any of those other people does not change the course of their life. You know what I mean? Uh, The Watergate thing, he changes the course of things there a little bit, perhaps, but not really like the break in was already happening. You know what I mean? He just happened to leave the door open. Um, This, he directly affects Buddy Holly. Um, the gag of Buddy Holly plays well. Uh, it's fine. I remember liking it a lot when I was younger. Uh, not that I dislike it by any means today. I just don't know that it necessarily... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, to be completely honest, I don't know exactly how I feel about it. But I do remember when I was younger, I freaking loved it. I thought that this was the coolest thing.
1: I think it's great because I think it sticks with even casual fans of the show who have seen this episode. That's I remember a very, good point. When, when we were starting this podcast and we were like debating like what to name it, uh, like we were de- debating like, you know, which Hide Wheel, which is what we landed on, obviously, uh, Oh Boy, a Quantum Leap podcast. And when I was put at like some of the possibilities on, on Facebook, one of my Facebook friends who was just like casually watched the show was like, you should call it Piggy Suey.
0: Yeah. I I mean, you're, you're not wrong. It definitely is something that I think is, it it is within the realm of quantum leap. It's an iconic moment. Mm. And this is
1: something I was going to ask you, because I only thought about this for the first time watching this episode the last time when buddy is singing songs, making songs up earlier in the episode, are those melodies or tunes, are they anywhere close to other buddy Holly songs? Were they kind of telegraphing that earlier
0: in the episode with some of his lesser known songs? The funny thing is, is that I, as I was watching it this last time, it's all the same song, basically. It's all leading up to being Peggy Sue. It's just different pieces of it. It's different. And he's he's playing around with it a little bit. But it's basically all Peggy Sue. Okay. Um, (laughs) God. It just I mean the other thing is that it's still it it, it it is it kind of I mean it's 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 full of humor, let's face it. The fact that, you know, he's writing about a pig, you know, and Sam suggests the the Peggy Sue thing and that, that that's what leads to it. Now, of course, we could also talk about the fact that by 1956 Buddy Holly was also already you know uh, uh, not quite a star necessarily, but he was already touring and making music. He was, sure. already, you know, this is so. So it's 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 anachronistic to say the least. The other thing sure. that we didn't mention actually, and, and and I'm I'm glad that I just remembered the year is that of course this episode takes place before Sam Beckett was born. No, it doesn't. It's 1956. Yeah, he was born in 53. Oh shit! <laughs> That's right. No, I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to let myself. <laughs> up okay, no, that's, um, all good. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's uh, yeah. You're absolutely right. God, for some reason I was thinking he was born in 58. My mom was born in 58. That's all besides the point. Thing is, sure. is, is that uh, by 1956, yeah, Buddy Holly was already a star and, yeah. Uh, uh, or, Wait, or hey,
1: you know what? In the original history, Oswald killed Jackie too.
0: That's my out in quantum leap. <sighs> that's my out
1: for everything. If everything is slightly I went long. on a Lee Harvey Oswald diatribe
0: today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we have a little, a little thread, uh, with, with Matt Dale and, uh, and I started talking about Lee Harvey Oswald. I'll leave, I'll leave that at that. But, um, so anyway, (laughs) in in, in summation, uh, it's not a bad episode. It's not a great episode. It's fine. It's what it is. Uh, the final score for me is a 5.65, which translates to a 57% uh, out of a possible 100%. So that's, that's where I stand with it. I feel very comfortable with that. It is, without a doubt, the lowest rated episode thus far. Uh, though not terribly lower than what I rated Starcrossed. Um which is odd to me because I feel like Starcrossed is so much <laughs> is 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 definitely better than this. But uh, yeah. and it is. I mean it still ranks higher, but yeah, anyway. There you have it. Anyway, um
1: before I get my final score, one nugget that I didn't drop in any other category and I didn't mention this when we reviewed Pilot or Starcrossed. I really like the invisible and in imaging chamber door. Better. <laughs> Than the rectangle of light.
0: Yeah, for I agree some,
1: with you. it's for some reason like simpler. It seems like a more sophisticated special effect than the than the rectangle.
0: All right, yeah, I actually completely agree with you. I will say that's another thing. Production value wise, we talked about this prior. This is one of the first episodes where Al's special effects look not great. Like prior to this, the special effects have 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 looked good, especially for 1989. This to me is a marked downgrade over what we have seen in prior episodes.
1: You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Walking through that wall.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 That's fair. That wall. It is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyway, so my final score is 7.325. Wow. Which I think, let me take a look here. Uh, Starcross. Where do we land on that? Starcross was a 6.6. Ooh, interesting. You know what? I'm going to stand by it. All right. I'm gonna stand by it because, like this one overall, just yeah, I'm gonna stand by it.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. The, the thing about Starcrossed is, and and this is you know a larger discussion for a later time because we're already over our time a little bit. But uh, one of the things about Starcrossed is that I, I I continue to feel like anytime I've revisited the episode, the place that it sits in my mind is very different from the reality of what the episode is. Mm-hmm. It feels like an important episode. It feels like a special episode. But when I watch the episode, it's just. It kind of earned it 60% that I gave it. You know what I sure. mean? Um, and and but but the place that it resides at, you know, kind of in my memory. It feels like it should be like an 80%, you know, sure. but it's certainly not that. So I think that Starcross is one of those episodes that kind of gets the benefit of because it's kind of important you know, because the, the characters involved, um, it's almost as if somebody was just telling me about the episode without me having seen the episode, I would think that that's a great episode, you know, but then yeah. when I actually see it, I'm just sort of like, Oh, okay. Eh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right. there you have how the test was won.
1: one, there we go. One final nugget of uh, trivia. Cause, uh, Larry asks about this, uh, Larry Trujillo asked about this on, uh, Twitter, We will not see, but we will hear Lance DeGault Chance, We will hear him in one more episode of the series. He has the distinction of being the opening narrator for another mother. Oh, interesting. Because we keep having Sam introduce every episode up through about halfway through the second season. Yeah. And then they switch over to the saga cell that we're all familiar with, theorizing that we can time travel within his own lifetime, blah, blah, blah. But the first time we hear theorizing that one can time travel within his own lifetime, it is the voice of Lance DeGault
0: well, for really one good. episode. Yeah, huh? How about if, that? Yeah. So, is, is, uh, so I, I also wanted to point out one other thing. Uh, Dr. Sam Beckett on Twitter mm-hmm. at Dr. Beckett uh, with one T, mind you. Um, comments: These eps hold up well. As Quantum Leap is a period anthology in essence, I even enjoy the opening narrations by Scott that a lot find cringe. One thing I will say: I definitely preferred Sam's narration in this episode to any of the narration we've seen thus far. Sure. This this may be the best Sam narration except for the pile. I think Genesis is is great. But this might be the best Sam uh narration that we've gotten up to this point. I um, will
1: agree and if you and if you will notice he even even the standard thing that we hear every week, he re-records that every week. Right. Or they use a different take every week and this is the best one that Bacula has done so far. Yeah. And the comment I will say uh and I just I just caught like looking at looking at their feed there yeah it's beckett is spelled correctly in the name but the handle it's spelled incorrectly. that
0: i hadn't noticed that before that one that's such a
1: nice touch Uh, calling it a period anthology piece i really think the like the first season episodes they embrace that more because in the first season we do have a lot more scenes where okay we introduce sam and his circumstances now we're going to go over here we're going to have these characters have a scene and they have nothing to do with sam
0: I yeah, I you know one of the things that I will that I will say though is that the uh, production value wise the first season suffers from maybe being a little too ambitious. Like they haven't figured out how to be a period anthology piece within the mm. constraints that they live in and boy do they nail the hell out of that in season 2 and 3. Like in season 2 and 3, I feel like when they're supposed to be in 1969, it feels like like yes, they 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 have inaccuracies and anachronisms throughout the series, sure. I'm not trying to say that they hit it you know perfectly or whatever, but the episodes start to feel a lot better production value wise as the show goes on, and I think that that's because they figured out how to play with the tools they have as opposed to like in double identity, which we'll talk about next week. Oh, you're on a Hollywood backlot like you're sure. on like you and not you're not just on a Hollywood backlot, you haven't even tried to convince me you're not on a Hollywood backlot.
1: Yeah, that's fair. So as a preview of next week, (laughs) I had already jumped ahead and I started watching double identity for next week. And Betsy was in the room and she was just, she was just like, I am not comfortable with these Italian stereotypes. I mean, she's not Italian by any means, but she was like, this is, this is kind of cringy.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, 1989, baby. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. You know, again, that's one of the things that the show gets better at too. I feel like as as it goes on, you know. It, sure. I mean, I, I, I think that the overall tenor of the show, uh, once they embrace being a little bit more serious and a little bit more grounded. The, to me, the show improves. And I know that that's not something that you necessarily wholeheartedly agree with. But uh, and, and, and there are others out there that might not agree with that. But for me, the more grounded the show is, the more serious the show is. And I don't mm. mean serious. Thing. I don't want every do, episode yeah. to be black and white on fire. Don't get me wrong. But I but I do appreciate when the show takes itself a little bit more seriously as opposed to being, you know. Sure. <laughs> others. <laughs> I gotcha. So, yeah. I think we... Yeah, so I think we wrap this up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, I'm surprised that we, we ended up going a little bit longer, but hey, it's in our nature. Oh, That's, we, we, yeah, yeah we, of course, We, we, yeah. we struggle to, to keep it too succinct. So, um, yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I just obviously want to want to thank everyone for continuing to support the show, continue to listen, engage with us on social media. Uh, again, uh, all the supporters on Patreon, as I have said before, if you have a little extra money, you're looking to donate, uh, put it back in your community, you know, put it into a, a charity that means a lot to you. Uh, I will always, of course, shout out doctors without borders in particular, uh, UNICEF. Uh, you know, I hold both of those charities pretty, pretty highly and donate to both of them myself. Um, not to mention, of course, ACLU Southern Poverty law center. Um, that said, if after you've made your donations or put some money back into your community, you have a little something left over and you want to give it to us, by all means, hit up our Patreon. On uh, I just, I just got the bill for yeah. our hosting last week. So. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, like, so you know, uh, yeah, help us out a little. Uh, I wouldn't help say us out. no. Um, and again, thank yeah. you, uh,
1: Christopher and Audrey and Dana. Thank you once again. Uh, yes. Like I said, hit us up, uh, Fates Wide Wheel podcast at gmail.com with uh, listener mail. And if it's just like, in general, just like comments on this episode, comments on what you heard on this episode. Mm -hmm. And I think what we want to try to do, if we get email and just like start incorporating that as a regular part at the end
0: of of all of our
1: episodes, just reading off.
0: Yeah, and one other thing, one other thing that I want to throw out there, too, and I would love to have some listener feedback on this, so feel free to comment on it, you know, uh, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook, uh, or, of course, send us an email. Uh, but I do feel like since the announcement uh, of the Revival series, there has been just a little bit of an uptick in the mentions of Quantum Leap in general. Uh, and the place that I I'm- noticed it a lot recently was in every review of Russian Doll Season 2. Uh, they have compared the show to Quantum Leap. Um, I have gotten so, because I get alert, News alerts, you know, through Google every time quantum leap like is, is mentioned or whatever, and I have literally gotten—I'm—I'm I'm not exaggerating—probably ten to fifteen Russian Doll season two reviews over the past week, and all of them. The reason I'm getting them is because. They mentioned Quantum Leap, um, so I, I just think it's kind of interesting that you know with the announcement of the arrival, there are people there was a there was a New York Times article just recently, uh, I believe, mm-hmm. that uh, also name checked Quantum Leap, um, which was had nothing to do with entertainment. It was actually a rather you know sad piece, but uh, talked about Quantum Leap. So so I think that it seems to be a little bit more just in the public consciousness, uh, and I would love to kind of hear if, if people uh, uh, agree with that. You know, For sure. Yeah, sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Have you watched? first season of russian doll unfortunately not yet it's
1: okay. on it's so, on our watch list so, so so the thing is i think with the comparisons with quantum leap for season two i think it's fair because i think first season was very much a groundhog day right kind of premise where um every cycle ended with her dying now it didn't end like literally on the same day like some cycles she would live a few minutes some cycles she would live a few days but she always ended up dying yeah And that story completely wrapped up by the end of the first season. So I think what they're doing is like what they did with Groundhog Day in the first season. It really sounds like with the plot of season two, they are kind of aping Quantum Leap. Yeah. And it's her leaping back through her family's history to fix something.
0: Yeah. So
1: uh, so yeah, I'm interested
0: in it. Me too. I, I I hope to I hope to watch it uh, at some point in the near future. The other thing that I hope to watch very soon that I have not seen yet that I have miraculously avoided all spoilers on is Batman is now on HBO Max, and I cannot wait to to finally sit down and watch it. I wish I would have seen it in a movie theater. I know I probably still could. Whatever. Blah 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 blah. I'm looking forward to finally sitting down and watching it.
1: I saw it in the theater and I loved it. I yeah. really loved it. But as far as like uh, like a special effects experience. <clears throat> Yeah, you didn't need to see it in the theater.
0: Well, with well, any luck enjoyed. I really Fingers crossed. It. Yeah, yeah with any luck, I'll be able to. I'll be able to actually square away some time to do it this week. Because because putting aside three hours to watch a movie these days, not the easiest thing in the world for not, me. Not but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm um, going to give it a shot. Good luck. Anyway, uh, with all of that said, I believe it's time for us to leap out of here. Dennis, okay. do you have anything else? No more. All right. Not no more. No, no more. <laughs>
1: no, no, <laughs> no I say more. that because like we go on so many on so many tangents at the end. If really? you are still here with us. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. We are Fates Wide Wheel. We will see you next week with
0: Double Identity. Yes, we will. Thank you all so much. Take care of yourselves and one another. In the meantime, stay safe out there. And uh, look forward to talking to you again very soon. Bye. See y'all.